Eleanor, thanks for sticking around. Y- your whole section on modern poisonings uh, was fascinating to me. Uh, and kind of like it was kind of whiplash because we're talking about the Renaissance era, and then we like fast forward to like literally three months ago. <laughs> I mean, right. We go pretty quickly. Um, so the first thing, obviously, the Russians, uh, they're, they're poisoning. They r- rivaled the Italians uh, in the Renaissance time with what they're doing now. But this is the, the first cool thing that I thought that that I, that I just really stuck out to me was Kim Jong Nam, the 43 year old brother of Kim Jong Un, the dictator mm-hmm. of North Korea. I had an incredible story. Um, tell me about this. Just last year, um, this was in uh, 2017. Kim Jong Un, um, the dictator of North Korea, the one we're now going to have a a summit with, apparently, um, he had an older brother named Kim Jong Nam, who was considered by their father to be unsuitable for the job of 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 darling leader or whatever they're called, um, because he wasn't ruthless and bloodthirsty enough. And he had a kind of pathetic life. He had different wives and mistresses and families in different parts of the world, and he kind of wandered aimlessly um, among them. And then last uh, March 2017, or February, I think, um, he was in uh, an airport in Malaysia, and uh, a young woman ran up and wiped something on his face, And then another one came behind her and sprayed something on his face, and he had trouble breathing and um, went to get help, but he died 15 minutes later in the ambulance. Uh, North Korea uh, loudly proclaimed they wanted to have the body with no autopsy. Obviously, that was not going to happen. And they found that he had been poisoned by the most poisonous poison on the planet called um, the X. It's like a million times more poisonous than cyanide. And um, the one question was, how could these two women not have killed themselves from exposure to it? And it was um, decided by experts that it was a binary concoction. So it didn't become like, maybe one part was the V and then the second spray was the X. It wasn't VX until they were combined together. So, um, you know, each young woman had half of the recipe for the poison, but when it was on his face, he breathed it in and it killed him. Well, and, and this was at a security, uh, this was caught on security footage in a Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, it's the only poisoning that's been caught on, you know, security footage in the airport. But I think that's what Kim Jong-un wanted. He wanted the world to see that he's you know, ruthless and he kills his enemies and you shouldn't mess with him. And and that that may be true, but there's also this other aspect to it that I thought was just so bizarre is that these women were under the auspices that they were on a prank television show Uh and that they were each kind of supposed to just spray, you know, maybe thought it was silly string or whatever on his face. Uh, It's kind of an ingenious plan in in a weird way. Yeah, it is. And um, they're being tried now for uh, murder. I I don't, I do believe their story. You know, they were, um, I think they were prostitutes. They were in these these, uh, lounges. They worked where men came looking for, for companionship. And 
I don't think they were terribly bright. And a man who identified himself as a TV producer for a reality show told them, you know, if you spray uh, suntan lotion on this person, we're going <laughs> to make a funny video out of it and you'll get $100. And they both said that they'd gotten a few hundred dollars, which was a lot of money to them. You know, one had right. a baby in a rice paddy somewhere and so she'd right. send it back. And um, But so... So that's what they did, um, and they ended up killing the guy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Uh, all right, so let's move on to Vladimir Putin, who is like the modern-day Juliana Tofana. Uh, yes, he, he is. He yeah. really is. Um, if you use him as a character, also, you got to give me credit in the introduction. <laughs> so he has really kind of perfected this, as have the Russians. Um, yeah. He has a royal food taster, which I thought was kind of incredible. But as yeah. you as you kind of teased earlier, this, this obviously they're not using arsenic and mercury anymore. They, they're using highly weaponized radioactive um, radioactive poisons, some of which uh, are are untraceable. And and it's and there's a, a group in Russia. Let me get this right. It's the, um, the the poison lab is called the Camera. Is that right? Camera. Camera. Uh, And so it's kind of like it's kind of very similar to what they were doing in Venice where they have these, you know, almost at a university, like they're weaponizing different poisons in like a lab somewhere. Right. This is going on today. Yeah, it it was opened up in 1921, um, you know, by the early Soviets and it's still going on. And, um, you know, it's a highly advanced uh, laboratory, you know, with chemicals and lab animals and uh, apparently political dissidents, we're not sure. Um, so it's very similar in many ways to the, to the Medici's, to the Council of Ten, developing and testing poisons and antidotes. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, they, uh, and they also have this kind of like rule that once a poison's been detected, they never use it again. So it's... Right. So the thing about poisons is you need to know what you're testing for. Right. To, to test for it. You can't, there's not one test where you can just, you know, anything that's poisonous would show up. If you're testing for arsenic, there's an arsenic test. If you're testing for polonium, there's a polonium test. Um, and they're always cooking up new poisons, so it's really hard to, to figure out exactly what the poison is. There's this guy named Vladimir Karamurza who's been poisoned twice, almost died twice, um, one was last year too, uh, 2015 and 2017. They they got him. He's a um, a vehement anti-Putin uh, activist and journalist, and they they have they've never determined what killed him. Uh, now a lot of times well, in a st- Russian, he's still alive, isn't he? Yeah, sorry. What what no. poisoned him? Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there've been some cases where in a Russian hospital, somehow they flush all of the samples down the toilet. Um, you're not allowed to get your hands on it, but he went to a hospital where, where the doctor um, is really trying to figure out what happened to him, and his wife took samples of um, uh, hair, like the hair roots, um, sweat, urine, blood, and smuggled them out to hospitals in Paris and different places to be tested, uh, and they, they can't figure out what it was. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's so not only has Putin you know, is a prolific poisoner. But the stories, especially the ones in your book, are so weird and unique. Like this guy who survived twice, two times. Like how cool and untouchable do you have to feel that you survived a Putin poisoning <laughs> two times? And in, right, in, well, I mean, you know, the, the fear is that the next time they're going to say to hell with this, we're just going to shoot the, the bullet, right? SOB, right? Because <laughs> I mean, that's what they've done. They, for instance, they tried to poison a female journalist named Anna Politskovskaya. Mm-hmm. She was on an Aeroflot flight. 
um, and uh, ordered a cup of tea, and then she woke up in the hospital, and you know, she had been poisoned with something. So, um, you know, Putin was pretty upset that didn't work. Poison doesn't always work, right? Right. Um, so uh, a while later, she was standing in her elevator of her apartment in Moscow with bags of groceries, and somebody came in and just, you know, shot just her, took her dozens of times and took her out, yeah. Right. Yeah, she's, she's, that's another interesting story, because she ended up, the, the tea she took was on a plane furnished by the group that was essentially her enemy, which is like the most ridiculous thing in the world to do. Yeah, why? I mean, she was a smart woman. Why yeah. would she do that, right? So, yeah, because as uh, I was reading, I was like, she's got to be smarter than that. Like, come on. No, I, she, I think she wanted to cover the story, so she went on the flight. But even so, you don't drink or eat anything, right? No. If history's taught us anything, are you kidding me? That's insane. You, you're the one investigating. Right. You know what's going on. If right, anyone's going right, to know, right. it's going to be you. But uh, the, the interesting thing you know, that's currently in the news is his poisoning of uh, Sergei Skripal and his daughter, Yulia, which happened just three months ago in the U.K. They were found um, slumped over on a park bench. And um, they had been poisoned by a nerve agent that's it was manufactured only in Russia called Novichok. And um, they found out, uh, the British authorities discovered that it had been smeared on the, the front doorknob of the house. Wow. So when they went in, they got it, it was absorbed through their skin. Um, and then the policeman was the third person to touch the poison doorknob. Oh, wow. So, and he was very sick for a couple of weeks uh, as well. But both Skripals have recovered and have been released from the hospital, and they're now in a safe house, um, you know, because they're afraid that they're gonna, the Russians are going to try something again. <laughs> I wonder why. Well, that was what was so weird about Vladimir Karamurza is that he gets, he gets poisoned once, survives, and then lives in Moscow. And it's like, dude, like, you think they're not going to try again? Uh, I, His I was, family is very near me, though. It's in, in um, Falls Church, Virginia. Are you allowed to say and that? You're going to get this guy in trouble again. Everybody knows that. Oh, I mean, okay. I don't know where they are, but they're they're here, and so he he doesn't want his family anywhere near. The Kremlin, right? Like his, <laughs> like they poisoned, they poisoned Sergei's daughter, who's 33 and had you know nothing to do with his espionage activity. But they right. poisoned her the day after she arrived in England to visit him. Wow. So they must have known she was of going. Course. They must have, you know, look at her you know, travel documents online and bug her phones, her computer, whatever. So I think it was intentional to, to show traitors to Russia that we're not just going to get you, we're going to get your kids. Wow. So, you know, Vladimir Karamurza very wisely has distanced his, his family from Moscow. But he's very stubborn, and he's, he, he said he, he's, he's not brave, he's just stubborn. He's going to go back and fight Putin until um, they kill him. I mean, it's definitely bold. I mean, it's 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 pretty incredible. He is pretty brave. Uh, stupid or brave, there's a thin line, and guys walk it. Um, well, the thing that happened with the second poisoning is that he he had his poison doctor at the hospital on speed dial. So as he was, you know, puking <laughs> and falling into unconsciousness, he um, sure. he, he he speed dialed the guy. He said, like, it's happened again. So his his uh, in laws threw him in a car, took him to the hospital. The doctor was waiting at the entrance you know, yanked him inside, replaced every drop of blood in his body. Because the second time, they knew what to do. Right, right. right? They put him in an induced coma for, se- coma for several days, and so the second time was easier than the first. It wasn't like, oh, my God, this guy's dying, but we don't know what to do to help him. The second time, they knew what to do. Right. No, I guess that's, that's true. Once you know, that's why they never use that same poison again. 
then right. you, can, you can fix it. Uh, so there's two stories that I think are incredible. The first one is in 1978, the assassination of Bulgarian writer Georgi Markov. Uh, this one was uh, this one was just really weird to me. Yeah, that, that's a, a good one. He, um, so it was a, a dissident who really hated um, the Soviet Union, and he was walking across uh, London's Waterloo Bridge when someone poked him in the back of his right thigh with an umbrella, and he turned around. There was a kind of chunky guy standing behind him um, and said, oh, I'm, excuse me, and then he got into a cab. Well, you know, a while later, Markov starts feeling sick, and he goes to the hospital, and he, he died four days later. So the forensic pathologists found that there was a pellet in the back of his thigh um, about the size of a pinhead, and it had traces of ricin on it. And, and this is the really diabolical part. The pellet had been coated in wax, and it was designed for the wax to melt uh, with the human body temperature. Um, and then when it was melted, it released the ricin into his bloodstream. So that's what killed him. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, that at the tip of an umbrella, you poke with a needle and you put this micro, almost borderline microscopic pellet that only melted body temperature. I mean, that's diabolical. 1978. I, this, this modern stuff, though, is, is really diabolical. And you only need like a few molecules of it to just destroy you know, right. your lungs, your heart, everything in your body. Yeah. Shut all your organs down. No, it is really, I mean, it's, it's really gotten, it, it, impressive is the wrong word, but it is, um, they're definitely perfecting it. Uh, he, this one I thought was really totally bizarre to me for a lot of different reasons. But in 2000, um, uh, Anthony Sobchak, Sobchak? Yeah, uh, Sobchak. So, so he, was, he was essentially a Putin supporter, was friends with Putin. He happened to say a couple of things about his youth that Putin didn't like, and they had him right. killed in the weirdest way. Was a very flamboyant politician, mayor of St. Petersburg in the 1990s, and uh, a mentor, you know, maybe 30 years older than, than Putin. Um, so when Putin first started running for uh, president in, um, in 2000, um, Subchak uh, was bragging about him, saying, you know, he's just like Stalin, which he meant as a compliment, but a lot of people really didn't think that was a good thing for him to say. And talking of, you know, stupid stories about Putin's youth that Putin didn't want people to hear. So Putin tells him to go on this um, you know, campaign swing to uh, a certain place. And so he goes with two bodyguards and um, you know, he always reads before he goes to bed. So he's reading his book and the two bodyguards come in and talk to him a few minutes and leave. So Subchuk dies in the night. And the odd thing was, they called it a heart attack, but his two 25-year-old weightlifting bodyguards also had heart attacks, apparently. And the theory is that Putin had smeared the light bulb of the lamp next to his bed, which he would, of course, use for reading, because Putin knows he always read before going to bed, with a poison, and that the heat from the light bulb would uh, vaporize it and um, subchuck apparently inhaled it and died. And the bodyguards who came in for a few minutes, they inhaled just enough to make them sick. Wow. I mean, that is like diabolically brilliant. Yeah, it is. I mean, you don't know whether, you know, to get really upset about it or kind of applaud. Well, you can do both. Because um, <laughs> I'm definitely doing both. But I mean, you really have to know your victim. And that was kind of one of the things uh, with this with this organization that you can, they know the exact height, weight, 
that of what you are to do the exact right amount of poison to make it right. borderline untraceable. Right. Um, I mean, they're they're really perfecting it. Uh, and then the last one we're going to talk about, and this kind of goes into your, um, you know, how potent the radioactive stuff has come. Alexander uh, Litvinenko. Litvinenko. Yeah, this yeah. is a good one. Polonium. Two ten, right? Ah, yeah, one of the most deadly ones. So um, he uh, was living in the UK because Russia had gotten a bit too hot for him. He, he really hated Putin and was accusing him of all kinds of things. And um, so, in um, two thousand and six, uh, Litvinenko had tea uh, with with two guys who came over uh, from Russia to talk to him and he got horribly sick and all his hair fell out. I mean, he was, he was in the airport, he was in the hospital for, for a few days. And then they discovered just by chance that he had been poisoned by polonium uh, 210, which can only be produced in state regulated nuclear reactors. And the dose that they used to, to kill Litvinenko has in fact been traced back to a particular um, nuclear reactor in in Siberia, but you know, the investigators went to the hotel, and the teapot was practically glowing in the dark. I mean, the one thing about the Russian poisonings, right, is that yeah. instead of waving a unicorn horn over your food and drink, you should wave a Geiger counter. <laughs> right. um, so, and, and like the, this guy had given him a, a ride after he drank the tea. They had to destroy the whole car because that was glowing in the dark. Uh, his family couldn't go back into their house for six months. That was glowing in the dark. And when he died, this was the creepy part, um, they let the body just stay in the deathbed for two or three days because nobody, they were afraid they were going to get sick if they right. went near it. And, and, and then, you know, nine days later, they, they conducted the autopsy in hazmat suits. Wow. This is this is how um, radioactive he was. I mean, I have images of these gigantic roses growing out of his grave. I mean, he wow. really was very hot. <laughs> that, and, and what was kind of the, the cool thing about this story is that the only reason they knew that it was radioactive is that a, a scientist who had, been wor who had worked on uh, nuclear tests um, previously had overheard the conversation. Yes, they, they had said that, you know, it didn't show signs of being any poison that they had ever um, known of before, but that there was this tiny little spike in the, in the middle of a, of a chart. And this um, elderly doctor who had worked on um, the UK atomic program in the 1960s says, wait a minute, that sounds just like polonium. You know, polonium has that kind of a signature. And so they tested him for polonium since they knew what they were testing for, and it was off the charts high. It's unbelievable. I mean, and kind of the weird, to put a button on all of this, the weird thing is, is that, you know, in the Renaissance time, lead is one of the most poisonous heavy metals. And then ironically, that's going to be where a lead lined suit is the only way to survive any of the poisonings nowadays, you know? Wow, I didn't think about that, but you're yeah. right. Analytical mastermind, yeah. that's what they call me. Um, <laughs> but it's a cool little twist of fate in a weird way, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So this has been absolutely educational, borderline terrifying. Uh, there's tons more stories in your book. Um, thank you for sticking around and talking to me about well, this. Well, you're welcome. I enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a good night.